Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off In-Depth Conversations in Applied Geophysics. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Ali Tura on his upcoming distinguished lecture, Recent Advances in Seismic Reservoir Characterization and Monitoring. Ali provides an overview of the three advances he highlights in his lecture and shares a few that didn't make the list. In addition, he explains why carbon sequestration is the most important issue facing the industry and why geophysics is well positioned to support sequestration for enhanced oil recovery. This conversation is a great peek into the next 20 years for geophysics and the industry. This episode is sponsored by CGG. Comprehensive subsurface knowledge goes a long way, bringing new insight to a variety of applications, from reservoir characterization to carbon sequestration and more. For more than 90 years, CGG has been advancing geoscience to solve complex challenges across multiple industries. By pushing the boundaries of what's possible, CGG helps its clients discover a brighter future and see things differently. To register for Ali's talk, visit seg.org slash podcast. Now for our conversation. Well, Ali, you have an upcoming Distinguished Lecture coming up, and it's going to highlight three recent advancements in seismic reservoir characterization and monitoring. Could you provide for the audience just a quick overview of those three advances you are going to highlight? Sure. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for uh, interviewing me. Um, yes, I'm really excited about this uh, distinguished lecture. Usually distinguished lectures are on one topic, but um, I thought I would try to cover three topics that are very exciting for me to talk about that I'm working on at uh, Mines right now. The first one is uh, related to reservoir characterization and how we can use joint PPPS data for uh, inversion to improve shear impedance estimation. I think this has really progressed well, and uh, it can be used both for exploration to uh, drill better targets and also for reservoir characterization and time-lapse seismic to separate pressure and saturation changes. The other topic that we've been working on that's been really starting to be an important technology in our industry is fiber optics technology and uh, how this can be used on uh, geophysical data acquisition, but also for uh, completions and estimating you know, where fluids are coming into the well and uh, other topics as well. So it's a really interesting area that's uh, growing. And finally, maybe the most important thing that we've started working on is uh, carbon capture utilization and storage, which is abbreviated to uh, CCUS. And we've been looking at this topic uh, recently uh, for uh, different applications and have found some interesting findings on the economics of CCUS and what's the best way to apply it. And uh, this topic has been worked on at uh, Reservoir Characterization Project, which I lead since 2000. But now there's some uh, recent developments that look very exciting technology-wise, and we're excited to uh, work on those. Yeah, it's been pure circumstance, really an accident, but carbon sequestration has come up frequently in, in the podcast lately to start this year. Uh, and looking a little bit more at the, some of these specific topics in your lecture, how do advanced seismic data positively impact well planning? 
Uh, yeah. So um, one of the key things that's going on in our industry is, you know, with geophysical data, the goal is to kind of be the eyes of the human to see the subsurface. And the way we make progress on that is um, finding uh, new acquisition technologies that advance our ability to see the subsurface. So there's some really exciting technologies in this area uh, that are going on. In the Gulf of Mexico, we've been working with uh, ultra-wide offset data uh, that's uh, extremely large offsets that helps us build a better velocity model and image the subsurface much better. And then technologies uh, around compressive sensing and land seismic data acquisition uh, are really helping us both cost-wise but also uh, improved uh, data quality in particular on land. So there's a lot of nice pieces of technology that are coming together to help us do much better uh, geophysics uh, and much better understanding of uh, well planning and how to develop a field. What do you see as the biggest limitation of azimuthal anisotropy estimation from P waves? So we've been studying azimuthal anisotropy for quite some time and have a lot of field data applications. And what we find is that um, to be able to detect a signal, you need to have a reservoir that has a large extent uh, to build up the signal, or else it can be confused with other issues like uh, velocity perturbations and changes in the subsurface that can cause uh, similar effects. So one of the things we've been looking at is uh, modeling this uh, using some of the seam data and looking at how the boundary conditions are to be able to detect this kind of signal. And um, also looking at, for example, converted waves or S waves to see if uh, we can see more sensitivity to azimuthal anisotropy uh, in this type of data. So this field is also uh, really exciting. And um, it is, it is, there is a caution warning that uh, there are certain situations that it could be a hard signal to detect in just using P waves alone. You know, we haven't engaged too much in, in fiber optics uh, just a couple times on this podcast. Why does fiber optics particularly excite you for use in geophysics? Yeah, that's a really uh, interesting and good question. Uh, so fiber optic is just like, a, you know, any other sensor we have similar to a geophone. It senses the wave as it uh, passes uh, through where the fiber is installed. But it has some advantages over installing, for example, geophones in a borehole, which can be a pretty costly operation. And it also records continuously along the length of the fiber. So once the fiber is deployed, either uh, on the surface or in a borehole, it'll be recording the whole length and it can be put in there permanently. So with other systems, you have to uh, take it out and put it in. But with fiber, you can leave it permanently, which gives you a ideal situation for, for example, for shooting repeat surveys. So if you're going to do a time-lapse survey, for example, to see where, you know, the fluids are moving or the pressures are changing, it gives you very high repeatability acquisition. And this is very exciting for us in the industry because uh, it's the only technology that allows that. In addition to that, the technology has been improving in terms of sensitivity. So uh, these days, with the development of the technology in the last five years or so, you can get uh, fiber optics uh, seismic data about the quality of geophone data. And that's also a step change in uh, use of fiber 
uh, in our industry. So there's several advantages, like I'm pointing out, that make this technology very valuable and unique for geophysical applications. So again, it comes back to a little bit that comment about you know improvements in acquisition, and this is certainly a key improvement in acquisition that allows uh, much better geophysics to happen. Uh, in the lecture, I'm going to talk about a specific case of using fiber optics to look at fracture properties as we do uh, hydraulic fracturing and detecting, you know, uh, height and uh, width of the fractures uh, with fiber optics data for each stage. And uh, this is really exciting because the precision is extremely high and uh, it gives us a great understanding of uh, what the fractures are doing. Of course, in addition to uh, these conventional exploration geophysics applications, fiber has a lot of applications in other areas as well, like global seismology, uh, monitoring traffic, uh, border security. So it's it's a fantastic technology that uh, seems to be very valuable. Yeah, that has a wide range of use there for fiber optics. And, and kind of going back to what you said earlier might be that the most exciting part you're looking at. Why do you say that carbon sequestration might be the most important issue facing the industry right now? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Andrew. Thank you for asking that. So I think in the last, say, three to five years, there's been a big shift in the world about the issues that directly impact us from uh, CO2 release into the atmosphere. And uh, we've seen many examples that I, I don't have time to get into all these examples. But as a result of that, there's two things that are changing. One is public opinion is changing, and that's impacting policy. And the other thing that's changing is technology and the cost of, for example, solar technology. So with these two forces, carbon capture uh, utilization and sequestration is going to be very important for the future of our industry. Uh, in fact, it has to be an integral part of uh, all our operations for the long term. And it's an area where uh, it's much talked about, but actually in terms of projects and uh, what is done and what can be done and understanding how the capture technology works with the sequestration technology is very immature. And uh, this is going to be a, a substantial uh, growth field uh, in the future of our industry. So I'm really excited to talk about things like, you know, what's the cost of doing carbon capture sequestration? What's the best mode of operating uh, CCUS? And issues along the way, for example, uh, communication between a, a utility company that doesn't understand the subsurface and an oil and gas company that may not understand about, you know, how a coal-fired uh, power plant works. So it's a very interesting area that has a lot of growth and a lot of impact uh, in our industry that uh, has to be an integral part of uh, what we do in the future. Why, why do you believe geophysics is positioned well to support sequestration for enhanced oil recovery? So geophysics has been used for uh, monitoring uh, where CO2 goes in the past. RCP, the consortium I work with, has been doing projects since the 2000s, mostly in uh, enhanced oil recovery in conventional reservoirs. So we have uh, several examples of those uh, out there on how to use, for example, 
time-lapse, nine-component seismic data for this purpose. Uh, but an interesting area is obviously uh, unconventional uh, reservoirs. And we have substantial amount of wells in unconventional reservoirs. So uh, EOR in unconventionals is uh, a very interesting research topic for us. And uh, the ability to monitor where the CO2 is going uh, using uh, geophysics and seismic methods is pretty much unknown. It just hasn't been explored yet. So as a result of that, we're interested in uh, seeing how we can use uh, geophysical methods for optimal uh, CO2 monitoring. And what I mean by optimal is it's a balance between uh, certain things, for example, cost. Uh, obviously, cost is going to be key uh, for CCUS operations, uh, but also technology, like we talked about a little before, fiber optics, the ability to repeat uh, your survey so you can see small changes uh, in uh, reservoir properties uh, is going to be key. So this area is very important for geophysics and developing technologies to be able to track uh, where the CO2 is going. Uh, will be key in uh, future applications of CO2-related EOR. You know, I'm, I'm sure it was difficult to possibly narrow it down to, to these three advances. What recent advance not in the three for this lecture are you also excited about for its future? Andrew, that's a great question. I, I think the main thing is that we have a very diverse industry in the sense that some geophysicists may be working on multiple suppression and another one would be working, for example, like fiber optics. So we have this wide uh, area of research topics uh, that, we, uh, that we can work on. I think the key to future developments of it, what excites me of interest is uh, how can we get a better picture of the subsurface? And uh, to get a better picture of the subsurface, some of the key and interesting technologies are, uh, for example, ultra-wide offset uh, seismic data acquisition. So these are kilometers of uh, offsets. And uh, taking that data and building a better uh, velocity model for, for example, uh, full waveform inversion. So this is a new acquisition technology. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, compressive sensing and seismic land acquisition and the improvements we're uh, doing there is, again, helping us get a much better uh, image uh, of the subsurface at much more reasonable costs. So there's these areas of growth in geophysics that are just making things better and better for us as we, uh, as we go uh, into research and technology development over time. And I'm really excited about these, uh, these new areas that uh, can really uh, enhance our ability to get a better picture of the subsurface and uh, plan uh, better wells uh, for development. Yeah, you mentioned how carbon sequestration is kind of in a nascent state and, and a lot of, of possibilities there. And, and you're looking at recent advances and, and leads to a lot of possibilities what would you what advice might you give to geophysicists you know what would be the most important thing for them to focus on right now with all of these possibilities yes i think there's certainly a large growth area for geophysicists in carbon capture utilization and storage we can talk a lot more about this area, uh, but it's certainly something that's uh, coming down the road here. 
I've seen a lot of our students being interested in uh, technologies like machine learning, and I've seen a lot of interest from hiring companies as well with students that are able to use machine learning in their day-to-day work. So this is another area that's a new skill that's uh, developing in our discipline. And of course, technologies uh, related to uh, unconventional resources, uh, for example, microseismic is, a, is an interesting one, in, in particular, recording microseismic uh, with fiber data and changing microseismic to be able to get more information on uh, fault slip mechanisms so we can actually discriminate between different uh, microseismic events. Um, so there's a whole area that's uh, being developed in our industry in these different uh, disciplines. And these are also uh, really exciting for the future. You know, and lastly here, Ali, you know, you work at the Colorado School of Mines and and you're teaching students and and coming up with these amazing lectures. But if you could speak directly to the CEO of an oil and gas company, what in particular would you might have them keep in mind for this time right now? Andrew, I think this is a really good question. I think from my perspective, what I would say is that, you know, if we go forward 20 years and look back, we're going to see a different industry. And CEOs that understand this or are aware of this are going to be uh, in a very good position to capitalize on it. And what I mean by that is I think CCUS is going to be an integral part of this industry in the future. And uh, low carbon emissions is going to be important. So this means that we have to reduce our carbon footprint as we develop the industry down the road. So a CEO should be looking at how is my company going to look 20 years down the road and what changes do I need to make to get there? And particular examples, we're seeing particular examples of these from some companies, for example, The much more emphasis on gas uh, exploration uh, is uh, one thing that's happening in some of the majors. And also, uh, some of the companies are positioning themselves in the future as uh, carbon management companies instead of oil and gas companies. So incorporating this uh, important change that's coming down the road into uh, your business plans I think is going to be very important and obviously related to that, uh, hiring uh, the right uh, capability of uh, students that are coming out of, you know, universities and colleges that can help advance these goals is is going to be uh, key, I think, for companies down the road. Well, Ali, your upcoming Distinguished Lecture is going to be a great opportunity for people to either get a head start on on these advances or learn a little bit more and what what they might be able to do moving forward so thanks for highlighting what you're going to talk about and and get people excited about your talk thank you andrew it's been great talking to you thank you for listening to seg's flagship podcast seismic sound off seg produces these episodes to benefit its members the geophysics community and inform the public on the value of the science To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to the website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all the episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. 
This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bacomjian, Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.